Amen. I'm going to get everyone to stand again. <laughs> That's what we do in this house. Amen. Where's Narelle? I need you. Amen. What an honor. Amen. I'm just, I just got us to stand. There's been um, a tragedy that happened in New Zealand earlier this week where a volcano erupted and I think 13 to date, I'm not sure, a number of Australians have been affected, a number of New Zealanders have been affected. Um, at least more than 10, I know, have been brought back home and they're in critical condition. So I just thought as a church, let's stand alongside our brothers and sisters, as well as praying for all the people that have been affected by the bushfires, all the firefighters, all our first responders, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you in your holy name, God. And Lord, we bring before you every person that's been affected by the New Zealand volcano. Lord, we pray for the personnel that are there, that are helping the families of Father God. And to the families that have lost loved ones, we declare peace, O Father God. We rebuke the spirit of grief over them in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we declare a supernatural understanding that they might be able to process what's just happened. And Lord, for those that are in critical conditions, those that are fighting for their lives, those with burns to their bodies, right now we declare supernatural healing in the name of Jesus, mighty God. Ministering angels, we send you forth to every person that's been affected in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for our country, Australia, oh God. We pray, oh God praying for rain to come oh God Lord we pray for every person that's lost their home that you shall restore a hundredfold in the name of Jesus we pray for strength for our firefighters for all our first responders in the name of Jesus we pray for wisdom we pray for strategies of oh Father God as they battle these fires and weather elements we speak to you right now in the name and the authority of Jesus and we say you align with the Word of God that declares peace that declares calm over this land in the name of Jesus. And Lord, as a church, we come in agreement with your word that says whatever we declare in your name shall be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Amen. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> On the 13th of December, 2018, 2018. Oh my gosh, I added another zero. <laughs> 2018. I sat down. I actually remember I was in Toronto. I was visiting my mom. It was snowing. Do you know it was snowing outside? And I was looking. And I sat down and I asked God what my 2019 would look like. And this is what I sensed him say. So I spent a few hours just sitting there. And this is what I sensed God say to me. And this is what I wrote down that day. So this is straight out of my journal and this is God speaking to me he said 2019 will be bigger and grander than 2018 I would have greater spiritual strides greater spheres of influence greater accolades greater territory acquired and greater intimacy in my relationship with God and that 2019 awaited me with zeal for God had placed things in there for me amen when I received this word from God, I wondered what 2019 would be like because 2018 was such a pivotal year in my life. I had prayers, I had prayed for, I don't know, 15 years that came to pass. 
I had just my growth in the Lord in 2018 had been the greatest to my knowledge that I had had. And doors of opportunity opened for me like never before. And so as the year started, I began to experience what God had said, you know, some of those greater spiritual strides. And I asked God a question, like you do when you pray. I'm like, God, why did you give me this word for 2019? Why? Like, I, I needed to understand, like, why was God saying there will be the greater in my life? And this is what God said to me. And his answer completely surprised me. He said, it was because I had honored the leaders I had served under and that I am serving under. And because of my obedience and honoring of their leadership, that is why I was walking in the blessing. And he said, honor is a key that opens the blessing of God in our lives. So today I'm speaking on honor, unlocking the blessing. Last month I had the opportunity to travel to Spain to attend a United Nations gathering where I got to mingle with diplomats from around the world and experience what it is to sit in a place where policy is made that affects nations, that affects the international scene. That is greater strides, amen? I never dreamt I would do that. Just this last week, my, I led my team to win the highest award you can receive at my workplace for the work that we did. And I, have, and I kept remembering what God had said to me, that honor was the key that had unlocked the, the blessing in my life. And I've been meditating and studying on what it means to honor and who the Bible says we need to honor. So like I said last month, when I went to Spain, it was a meeting where there were 17 countries represented. And we would all come and would sit and they would discuss. Sometimes there was such intense debate that was going on, but they wouldn't shout at each other. It was quite diplomatic. It was interesting to watch. And they would be going back and forth. They would stop when this one woman would speak. She, was, she had the smallest stature. She had the softest voice. On that in that room but she was the highest ranking authority in that room she wouldn't speak a lot she'd only I don't know she probably spoke five times but when she spoke everyone stopped everyone listened to what she said everyone gleaned to what she said and when she finished speaking that was the end of that matter it didn't matter whether people agreed with it or they didn't the fact that she spoke and she said whatever her opinion was that closed the matter and then they would move on to the next thing and so this lady so as soon as she would speak everyone would be quiet if we broke for lunch and would gather again they would bring back all their flags they would address each person uh, i don't even know ambassador this 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 like they would do that every time they would break and I was just, uh, just reflecting on that, and God said to me, the world knows how to honor its leaders. And as a church, we are lacking in that area. We have lost that reverence we have for men and women of God. And in losing that, some of the challenges you and I are experiencing in our lives, it's not because we're not praying enough. It's not because we're not doing everything, but it's because we are not honoring the authority that God has put in our lives. 
So as I was studying for this message, I found that there are 10 main people that God has called us to honor. 10. I didn't even know. And I sensed that God's saying to us, ICC, as we go into 2020, that there's two things that will be key to our victories. How we honor those in our lives and how we express gratitude. Those are going to be two keys for all of us here, even if you're visiting, that as you honor those in your lives, as you express thanks and gratitude, the Bible calls us to give thanks in all seasons. As we give thanks, we're going to see things that we have hoped for for a long time begin to unlock. We're going to see opportunities come to us that haven't come to us in a long time because we have been um, honoring. In Matthew 8, verse 5 and 10, this is the story of the Roman officer. In verse 5, I'll start. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under authority of my superior officers. And I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go, come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I have not seen faith like this in all Israel. Amen. So the person that Jesus said had the greatest faith in all of Israel was probably not a born-again Christian. He was a Roman soldier. He probably didn't know much about the Christian faith. He didn't know much about the teachings of Jesus. And probably he didn't know anything about the law of the Old Testament. Yet Jesus said he had the greatest faith. He had the greatest faith because he understood Jesus' position of power. Because he was a man of power, he understood that Jesus was operating under someone else's authority. He didn't know, need to know who it was. He just looked at Jesus and looked at the words that Jesus did. And so when his servant became ill, he's like, I need to go to an authority that has authority over the sickness that my serv servant is going under. So as Christians, we ought to be the world's highest example of honor. We ought to be that highest example. People should know us because of our honor. People should know us because of how we relate to everyone. And honor is not just upward, like to your leaders. Honor is sideways. Honor is down. Just because someone does not, you sit higher than someone in whatever hierarchy you're looking at, does not mean you have to dishonor them. Honor is for all. The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and your, all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And who is your neighbor? Everyone's your neighbor. The dictionary defines honor as high respect, high esteem, or the quality of doing and knowing what is right. Honor is often referred to as when someone gives a guarantee, they'll say, I will honor this check. Well, checks back in the day. <laughs> I will honor my word. 
And that's all we need to hear. Like if I say, I will, if I give you my word, that should be enough for you to know that I will do that or I won't do that. Honor is like the, gar- the highest guarantee we can give with our words, we can give with our actions. It is personal integrity, it is honesty, and it is showing respect to others. I'll read 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 12. I'll read it in two versions. The first one, the Passion Translation. Dear brothers and sisters, make sure that you show deep appreciation for those who cherish you and diligently work as ministers among you. For they are your leaders who care for you, teach you, and stand before the Lord on your behalf. They value you with great love. Because of their service to you, let peace reign among yourselves. And I'll read the Living Bible. Dear brothers, honor the officers of your church who work hard among you and warn you against all that is wrong. Think highly of them and give them your wholehearted love because they are straining to help you. And remember, no quarreling above yourself. I mentioned that there's 10 main people that I found that God says we should honor. Today I'll only discuss three, but I'll mention the other seven just for your reference. We're called to honor our pastors and our church leaders. And like I said, when I went, this meeting I went to in Spain, I have not sat under a meeting where you, you, you wouldn't even sit down until you were told where to sit because you didn't want to sit in the wrong chair in case you would be told to stand. The honor they had in that place, the reverence they had in that place, and even, like I said, when they disagreed, it was still done in a very respectful way. So as a church, we should hold our pastors with high respect. By the way, no, none of our pastors asked me to preach this message. This is a message I got from God, and I know. <laughs> it is true. It is true. I didn't even want to show them because I thought they might ask me not to preach it. I know it's a word from God. It is up to you to receive it. We should be respectful in how we relate to our pastors or any leader of that, so whatever organization you're in. They put in a lot of work and they make a lot of sacrifices to serve us. God is the one who ordains the leaders in our lives. We might not like who it is. He has his way of choosing his leaders. It's not up to us to question why a certain person is in a position of authority. Our job is to honor that office of power. And so how do we honor our pastors? How do we honor each other? We need to respect the position that comes with the office of pastor. We should not speak critically of them in private or in public. We should show gratitude and recognize the work that they're putting in. And above all, we should pray for them continually. And we need to be intentional about it, not to wait for a crisis to come. But as you pray for your family, as you pray for yourself, as you pray for a day, make it a habit that we're continually honoring our pastors. I'm just going to call Owe up. To the stage, please. If you can bring your mic. <laughs> and, yeah. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Can we make it louder? Good morning, church. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited to be in church today, and I've been given two minutes to 
um, give a short appreciation message to our wonderful pastor, Pastor Tony. I don't know where he's. Hi, Pastor. Um, I'd like to say Pastor Tony has been amazing. He's an, he's an awesome person. He's a trailblazer. And one thing I, I really admire about him is his humility, you know? Usually, I'm, I'm sorry to say I'm African, you know, we honor our pastors. So when you go to an African church, <laughs> you see very classy chairs right in front of the pulpit, you know? But Pastor Tony, you know, when I came here, he drives the bus. He brings um, people to church. I was like, okay, I'll share my experience. Um, five years ago, I came to Australia. And for some time, it was like close to two years. I didn't go to church because <laughs> I was kind of rebellious. Uh, <laughs> yes, um, I was deeply hurt by a past event so i was like no i'm not going to church i don't want to have anything to do with church but by the way um all members of my family serve serving church they're very active but yeah i picked on something that wasn't good and for some reason i didn't go to church anymore so there was this sunday i was like god <laughs> i need to i need to come back i need to come back to church i need to draw closer to god and I put on my suits, <laughs> went to the bus stop. I'm like, okay, God lead me to my church. I didn't know where I was going to, but I wanted to go to church, right? So when I got to the bus stop, I was waiting, and all of a sudden, this church bus drives and stops <laughs> right, right in front of me. So coming to ICC is, was not by invitation. It was just divine, you know? And God led me here and since, ever since I've, I've seen myself grow. So Pastor Tony, thank you very much for the undiluted word you give to us daily. Uh, <laughs> Pastor Tony, can you please come? <laughs> Sorry, I think I've exceeded two minutes, but I think one thing we should realize is the fact that... Pastor Tony, can you please come forward? <laughs> sometimes when you see us here, you know, jumping, shouting, oh, yeah, yeah. trying to praise He's God... It's not that we're, we're superhumans, no, but we have challenges. The thing that keeps us going, the thing that keeps us resilient is Amen. words from people like Pastor Tony, Amen. Pastor Morella, Tana, <laughs> and Amen. of course, every other person that serves in church. So, Pastor Tony, I want to say, I love you, we love you. Amen. Thank you so much for being an amazing father. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Tony, that's from ICC. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tony. <laughs> no, it, we're clapping to Jesus, but we're also honoring. So, it's, uh, I was driving this little bus and I saw this man in a nice suit. He was a I said to myself, he must be gone to church. 
So I stop. I said, where are you going, young man? I'm looking for a church. You're on the right side. Come on, come in. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing where God can do it. A couple of weeks later, I saw another man. A similar situation, much taller than him. <laughs> See, the, stay on the, on the bus stop and say, Hey, young man, where you go? I'm going to church. Come on, come on the bus. So I brought her over here. But I don't know what happened to him. He disappeared after a couple of days. So I never seen him again. Amen. Amen. Thank you all. You could be Thank you, Pastor. You're a great man. Amen. You still have a time to bring him another present for Christmas. Well, it's my honor to be able to honor the woman of the house, the mother of the house. Amen. Sister Maria, would you come? In 2000, 2006, I was attending a church uh, on the Central Coast and there was another young lady, Stella, who I was in leadership with in youth. And there was a lot of things going on in the church that were not great. And Stella was such an even keel for such a young person. And many years later, to be able to meet the family that somebody so wonderful has come from and for her to speak so highly of you and also of you, Pastor Tony. Um, I can just see she's grown up in a house where that was the norm, that family comes first. Uh, the world is a far distant second, but it's in church, it's family in church, not compartmentalized. And, uh, and the way that you have brought your children up, the way that you honor and serve your husband, that he speaks of often. <laughs> We can see that there is a mutual admiration and respect from within your own household. And I think that speaks so much louder than, than even the way the church sees you. But um, you also treat us as your family. And even the short time I've been in the church, you've welcomed my family in as your own. And you welcome people at the door. You worship at the back. You are what underpins a lot of the running of the church as organization goes and you feed us all like that is no small feat you know and when I was praying for you for this morning knowing I was going to get to say a few words I saw a certificate and I said Lord I said what is this I said look like a marriage certificate and he said just a certificate doesn't make you a wife or a husband but he said, and just a certificate doesn't make you a pastor or not a pastor. When he called Pastor Tony into the ministry, he called you both. And you both said yes. You both faithfully have served him and will continue to do so. And the Bible says that when you love one another, that's what proves to everyone. It's proof that he is who he says he was. It's not just the clever preaching, the funny jokes, even though we love funny jokes. <laughs> the healings, the miracles, all the things we see come out of this church. It's actually the way you love one another. And I think you have excelled at doing that. So I just honor you and thank you for doing this.
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are we excited to be in the house of God? Amen. Um, it's, it's hard to do this, but I have to do it anyway. Um, it's such a great opportunity for me to stand here and talk about Pastor Marilla, who is one of the daughters of Pastor Tony. And over the years that I've been here, I've seen how this woman displays very great virtues. And what I like most is she is able to listen to people's problems and help them solve them. Meanwhile, he's going through, she's going through issues of her own and is able to go beyond that and help other people. This is a very rare character. It's a very rare virtue that I don't see too often because inside your closet there are things you deal with, but being a pastor, you're able to stand so strong. I see you leading the music team. I see you preaching. I see you praying. And I'm like, how does she do this? But I know that there's a strong call of God upon your life. And woman of God, we just want to honor you. I know God is going to take you far and beyond even your imagination. And the first time I came to church, like three years ago, I saw her preach. And well, I, I thought she was Pastor Maria. As I, I go home and I called my wife, look, the woman of God preached today was, it was amazing, like, strong word. And then later I found out she was the daughter of Pastor Tony. I said, okay, good. <laughs> but ever since that time, she has been a shepherd over me. I quite remember I came here alone. Now I have my wife and kids with me. And I say this to the glory of God that this woman has been so instrumental in helping me survive these times. And she kept on telling me what God is going to do in my life kept on sending me prophecies upon prophecies. And woman of God, what you sent me about Psalm 2 verse 8, in 2008, I'm going to proclaim over your life, that says that you asked me for the nations, and I, the Lord, will give it to you. Amen. It says that your domain will stretch to the ends of this earth. That is going to be your legacy. I know you continue to take the legacy of your dad, but the glory of the latter house yeah. shall be greater than the former. Amen. And I wouldn't want to go beyond two minutes. I'm, I'm pretty sure in five or ten years, if you get to do this, I'm going to hand over a key to your private jet over the nations. Because <laughs> you're going to preach over the nations. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can we, can we get you to come up, please? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Morella. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I get to go last, and um, this morning I just want to honor someone who does a very important job, but we hardly get to say thank you. And that person happens to be my friend. And I remember when I first walked into this church, I fell in love with that person. Why? Because she was sitting at the back doing sound. And it's something that I did as a uni student. And so by just seeing that, I was like, wow, there's someone that understands what I went through. 
because you know when you're sitting at the back people hardly notice you are there they just walk in walk out and they go but this morning i just want to tell you that what antonella does is very key to this church she's in here sunday in sunday out she's here on a monday and that's the most frustrating job that she does because you're sitting there and then the musicians are singing and you get all sorts of feedback and you're just like how do i fix this and you're looking at all the keys and trying to adjust things and then people are sitting in church and they just turn around and they look at you like can't you fix it and i just want to tell you this morning next time when that happens have a heart for her what she does is hard it's not easy and so antonella we appreciate you even though we don't say it all the time we know what you do is hard and as a church we love you and the music team appreciates you so much for coming and being there thank you Amen. Antonella, you got me the most. <laughs> you know, all of us, at one point or another, we've missed honoring those that we serve under. And what happened here, that's from ICC. And it says in the Bible that when you honor a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. And what we have done today, I, as I was preparing this message, this part, God said, do that and I will unlock something over your church, ICC. Amen. Amen. In 1 Samuel 2 verse 30, God says, those who honor me, I will honor. First and foremost, you and I need to honor God. Honor is God's system. It is His way, His being and His doing, and He expects us, it to be our system as well. So the first place we're called to direct all honor is to Him. In Revelation 5, 12, it says, He's worthy to receive all honor, all praise, and all glory. Without complete and genuine honor towards God, it is impossible to honor anyone else. Honoring God goes beyond just acknowledging that he exists. Honor cannot be faked. You can try, but it won't last. And honor comes from the heart. It's not even about material things. It's honor comes from the heart. So how do we honor God? His word is very clear. He says in Proverbs 3 verse 9 that we should honor God with our finances. As a church, we understand that scripture very well. It says, honor God with the, the, honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of all your increase. When we obey God by supporting the work of the house, supporting the work of the kingdom, he will honor us in turn. Another way we honor God is by what we say. So words of doubt or unbelief, negativity, anything contrary to what is in the Bible is dishonoring to God. That's, I was like, oh my gosh, it is dishonoring to God. And when we fail to acknowledge what God has done in our lives, that is dishonoring to God. That's where the gratitude comes in. 
It is not by our might or by power. It is because God says yes to the experiences that we go through. He says yes to the blessings. The third way we honor God, we honor God in what we do. In John 14, 21, it says, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. It doesn't say those who say they love me are the ones who love me. It says those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who command me. And this is how you and I should live our daily lives. We should live it firstly, honoring God, revering God, starting our day with God, ending our day with God, doing life in the middle with God. It doesn't have to be confined to your prayer place. In the car, the best place to worship God. We spend so much time driving, so much idle time, which we can turn into relationship quality time with God. The more you and I meditate on the word of God, the easier it becomes to honor him. Because it says what we put in is what will come out. What is in my heart is what will come out of my mouth. So honoring God is the first and foremost um, thing that you and I need to do. I've spoken about honoring our pastors. The third thing I'm going to talk about is honoring our parents. Today we experience a beautiful dedication of baby AJ and Aisha. And those declarations at the end, that is his parents join, asking us to join on the journey to speak life into him. Now imagine when he's older and then he's like, I don't want anything to do with you. That is not biblical at all. It says in Exodus 20, 12, Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord is giving you. The same verse is also in the New Testament in Ephesians 6, 2 and 3. It says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will, you will have a long life on earth. We have different relationships with our parents. Some of us have good relationships. Some of us have not so good relationships. Some of us, our parents have passed. And for some of us, honoring our parents is challenging. I'm not dismissing that. I'm not discounting that. The word of God says that we need to honor. Honoring does not mean endorsing someone's behavior. Honoring does not mean you agree with everything they're doing. Honoring is you respect their position. So in the case of our parents, you respect their position. You respect that they've provided for you. You respect that they birthed you as a minimum. You respect that. You know, when I was at university in my second year, it was the first time I got a steady job where I had enough not, to, not just to cover my expenses. Sorry. The first time I had a steady job that gave me a steady income. And I was so excited to go home that year because for the first time I could buy my parents gifts from my money, not from money they'd given me or someone had given me. And for months I saved and I bought the best clothes I could buy for my parents, for both my mom and dad. And it took, took me about three months to lay by, and I paid it off. And I was so excited to go. 
And I remember my mom saying to me, why do you want to come home? I'd just been like nine months before. I was like, no, I want to come, I want to come. She tried to stop me. Anyway, she's like, fine, come. And when I got there, I, so my parents divorced when I was younger. So when I got there, went to my mom's house. Then a few days later, I decided to go visit my dad. But when I got to where he lived, he was not there. And no one could tell me where he was. And I was like, where's my dad? Where's my dad? So I started calling all my cousins. No one really wanted to say anything because, anyway, I found him. He was in hospital and he was really sick. And two weeks later, he passed away. I was so devastated, but I was so thankful that I got to spend those two weeks with him. The two weeks I was there, I cared for him. I remember my friends saying to me, you've come from Australia, why are you caring for your dad? I'm like, because he is my dad. You know, I was there, the nurses were quite surprised. They just, I was literally there the whole time with him. And the clothes I bought him, he never wore them outside, but those were the clothes he got buried in. As a daughter, I'm so thankful that I, he never wore them out. <laughs> as simple as that is, I honored my father. And... When we choose to honor our parents, God says, it will go well with you. And you will live long on earth. Amen? So if you're in a bad relationship with your parents today, just ask God, one, to forgive you. And two, ask him to forgive them for whatever it is that they've done. They could be dead and you could be holding something against them. Just, just let it go. It's not worth it. And if they are alive, ask him to mend that relationship. For people that have lost their parents, most of them, if you ask them, what would you say to your parents if they were alive? Most people will say, I would tell my parents I love them. I would thank my parents for what they've done. Let's not wait till it's too late to do that. Amen? And I'll just... I'll finish on 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. It reads, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peacefully and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. I'll read verse 1 again. He says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority. I've been following uh, the news of late. There has been so much slander against our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. And not even just from everywhere, from the church, 
from everyone. And as children of God, God is calling us to this standard. We might not agree with what he's doing, but we need to respect the office of the prime minister. And this verse says that we should, our job as Christians is no matter who's in authority, because all authority is ordained by God. No matter who is in authority, our job is that they enforce godly principles. That is our job. Is our prayer is in whatever decisions they make, their decisions align with the word of God. That's the first thing. Second thing we can pray for them is that they know Christ. But constantly we should pray for them that they make decisions that honor the word of God. Amen. For those that are curious, the other seven areas... So the first one is honor your God. Second one is honor your parents. Then I spoke about honoring the ministers of the word of God. Fourth one, the Bible talks about honoring your spouse. Uh, the other one, it talks about to honor those that are older than us. It talks about honoring our bosses and our managers. It talks about honoring government officials. It talks about honoring those in authority, the police, the fire brigades, ambulance officers. It talks about honoring your children as well. There's, you don't just honor up, like I said, you can honor down as well. And then it says to honor others before yourself. That pretty much covers everyone in the world, doesn't it? <laughs> Amen. I'll just get um, the musicians up, please. And I'll invite us to stand. I really sense this morning, as part of ministry, that the first thing we need to do is to repent of where we have not honored God. When we don't honor, we partner with the spiritual forces in the devil's kingdom. And the longer you dishonor, the bigger the stronghold that is created in your life. A bad stronghold, not a good one. When we don't honor, if it's God, whoever it is, we, we don't honor where we're supposed to honor. We open up doors for the enemy to attack us. We open up areas for him to come in and persecute us. We could even block the blessing of God coming upon us. In the Old Testament, David had so many opportunities to kill Saul. I remember, I don't know exactly where, there's a time when one of his servants says, David, Saul is just close by, why don't you go and kill him? And I think David kills this, the servant. He's like, how dare you touch the anointed of God? But in the natural, if you look at everything that Saul did, David was way justified. But David said, no, because God has ordained Saul, it is not my job to end his life. That is up to God. So there's some authority in our lives that's behaving like Saul. And some of us are dishonoring towards that authority. But today God is telling you and I that their behavior should not determine our honor to them. Amen. So just now, I just if we can just all in our words... Just pray to God, just repent for where we've missed the mark.